Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers, currently in Swansea in the UK, joined by Stuart Weir, also in the UK, and by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg in South Africa. And on this week's show, we focus on young African players who dream of going to Europe. It's a difficult path, but we speak to 19-year-old Gambian Modu Lamine Marong, who went to Sweden hoping to get signed. Football in Africa and football in Europe, they are quite different. If you came here in Europe, it seems like you have never been playing football before. Also, DR Congo winger Yannick Bolassi is out of favour at Everton and has been loaned to Aston Villa in the Championship. Can he help them to win promotion? And I've been talking to Swansea fans about life after relegation and the contribution of their African stars in recent seasons. That's coming up shortly, uh, but first the group stage of the CAF Champions League ended with a shock as 2016 champions Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa failed to reach the quarter-finals after a nil-nil draw at home to Horoya of Guinea. Horoya needed just a draw while Sundowns had to win that game. It was a great outcome for Horoya through to the quarter-finals for the first time. Widat Casablanca finished top of the group. Algeria's Entente Setif and Primero Augusto of Angola both won their final group games to reach the quarterfinals. The first legs of the quarterfinals are on in two weeks' time. So I'm on holiday in the UK, at the moment in Swansea, and a Swansea City football club are adjusting to life in the championship after relegation at the end of last season after seven consecutive seasons in the English Premier League. Their African stars include Wilfred Bonney of Ivory Coast, who went to Manchester City, is now back with Swansea but on the sidelines with injury at the moment. Gambia winger Modu Barrow was also with the club, and last season the IU brothers Andre and Jordan, the Ghanaians, played alongside each other at Swansea. With relegation, both have been loaned out to Andre's with Fenerbahce in Turkey, and Jordan IU is playing for Crystal Palace. Well, I watched Swansea play Crystal Palace on Tuesday in an EFL Cup second round match at the Liberty Stadium. Crystal Palace won the game 1-0. Jordan Ayew was not allowed to play by Swansea as he's only on loan with Crystal Palace. I did, though, see Sheku Kuyati make his Crystal Palace debut, the tall midfielder who captained Senegal at the World Cup in Russia. Palace rested Wilfred Zaha, but Ghana's Jeffrey Schlup played. He was formerly with Leicester. Well, the stadium experience at the Liberty Stadium was amazing. Things were very well organised, easy to get in, easy to get out. And I was amazed at the superb pitch, lush, thick green grass, which is so well maintained and a lot of care and a bit of science goes into it. Um, there were automatic sprinklers that came up a few minutes before kick-off to water the pitch. And after warm-up and at half-time, ground staff came onto the pitch to repair parts of the turf that had become damaged. After the game, I saw some ground staff wheeling an artificial light system onto the pitch. They shine special lights onto the grass to keep it growing, especially in winter when there's not that much sunlight. Well, I spoke to some Swansea fans about the contribution of the African players in recent seasons. And interestingly, this supporter was very critical when I asked him about Andre and Jordan Ayew. They didn't really do a lot while they were here, did they? 
So if they tried a bit harder when they were here, we might still be in the Premiership. So they should have done better in those crucial games last season? If they tried harder, we'd still be there. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. What do you think of the IU brothers, lads? Uh, good. Good? Yeah. yeah. They're not good, they're amazing! I liked them when they first came here. Oh, when they first came here? Yeah, they were good. They're awesome! And what about Wilfred Bonney? I know he's injured now, but um, do you think he can do well on this second spell? Yeah. He'll be good this spell. Championship's hard division, you need a tough man up front, and he's a, he's a man to do it, I think. So we just need him back, he's training again now. So give it a, give it a couple of weeks, I would have seen you back in the team, I think. And what's the feeling being in the Championship now after those seven years in the Premier League? Relief, to be honest. Yeah. At least we'll win a few games this season. So, fingers crossed, anyway. But uh, a rebuilding process, get the Americans out and we go again. What, the, uh, the owners? The owners, yeah. Once they're gone, we're laughing. So this season going back up or no. a couple more seasons? A couple more seasons. Mid-table, maybe a bit higher, maybe a playoff run or something. But we'll see how we go. We've got a threadbare squad. A lot of youngsters, so it's a building project. So, the IU brothers are out on loan, but uh, what do you think about the contributions that the African players have made at Swansea? Uh, I think they're doing a lot of improvement, and uh, I'm very proud of their achievements so far. So, hopefully, let's see if they can win the championship league this season. How does it feel when you get relegated? It was it was a close call, wasn't it? How was the uh, feeling? Uh, it wasn't a good feeling, though. Uh, everyone here was sad, and myself was sad, my boys. So, I hope uh, they get a chance to go back to Premiership League. You'll keep on supporting? Yes, always, with Jack Army. <laughs> <laughs> and the Jack Army is the nickname of the Swansea fans. That supporter, a Nigerian living here in Swansea. Also, I got to chat to a Crystal Palace fan about Wilfred Zaha, the Ivory Coast winger who's no doubt Palace's biggest asset right now. Well, I don't think we're the same team without him. I think he gives everything. Um, Palace through and through, isn't he? So he's a, he's a top player. So there's not, not much more you can say, really. He's amazing. So. Yeah. And could uh, line you up for a good season, maybe? Yeah, I think without him, we're a different side. So I think we didn't win a game without him last season. So it says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, his skills, what would you say about him? Oh, he's incredible. It's just, and he's got the finishing now as well to go with it. So he's the end product. So Wilfred Zaha, a fan favourite. Well, Stuart, going back to Swansea City, it won't be easy for them to get back to the Premier League, will it? Swansea City had a short spell in the top division of English football in the 1980s, but then dropped right down to the fourth tier. And in 2000, just 18 years ago, they were in the fourth tier of English football. In 2011, they were promoted to the Premier League and stayed for seven seasons before being relegated. Graham Potter, their current manager, is incredibly the 10th manager in the past 10 years. Swansea City like African players. The Ivorian Wilfred Bonney scored 25 goals in two seasons before going to Manchester City. Motobaro from the Gambia played over 50 games for Swansea, but he really suffered by the changes in manager. He was playing regularly under Bob Bradley, but when Bradley was replaced by Paul Clement, the system changed, Barrow was subsequently sent on loan and then sold to Reading. Then there are the Ayo brothers who were at Swansea together last year and went on loan when the club lost its Premier League status. Andre, the older brother, is on loan in Turkey with Fenerbahce, where he's playing regularly. Jordan Ayu is on loan at Crystal Palace, 
but is yet to make an appearance. Can Swansea get back in the Premier League? Well, they've started with two wins, two draws and a defeat. But it is hard to get out of the Championship. For one thing, in the Championship you have less income, so you have to offload players or send players out on loan just to cut the wage bill. But if you do that, you weaken the team and make it less likely that you will go back up. But if you keep all your players and you don't go straight back up, then you risk bankrupting the club. There are really no easy answers, but it will be no easy task for Swansea to get back in the Premier League. Thanks, Stuart, and we'll see if Swansea can do it. This is Planet Sport Football Africa. I'm Steve Vickers, this week in Swansea in the UK. Now, there are many, many footballers around Africa who dream of making it to Europe and playing in one of the big leagues. For a few, the dream becomes reality. For some, they end up not in La Liga or in the English Premier League, but somewhere less glamorous in countries like Cyprus, Denmark or maybe Russia, for example. And many don't get to go to Europe at all. We've spoken to a young Gambian who's determined to pursue his dream of making it at a big club in Europe. Modu Lamine Marong is 19 years old. He's been training with a club in Sweden. Now, Modu was born in the Gambian town of Mayamba. He first played for Jamba FC in Mayamba before being scouted by Gambia Ports Authority. He then moved to the academy of Olympique de Gaidia Y FC in Dakar in Senegal. He went to Sweden to train with IF Geis in Gothenburg on a non-contract basis and was hoping to be offered a contract at the end of the Swedish season in October-November. But in good news for Modu, a few days ago he signed professional terms with Swedish third division side John Sered IF. Well, Modu is also a listener to Planet Sport Football Africa and Adrian Barnard spoke to him and first asked if he has an agent. Um, no, I haven't my own agent yet. I am a, how to call it, I'm a free agent. Came to Sweden just to start my career here, and I hope it is a very good place because they play very good football. They have the qualities, they have the um, alternatives to become a professional. So now I hope I can become a professional. I can start my career here in Sweden to um, go to another European country. Are there many other young African players in Sweden as well as yourself? We have Africans, but those others are from Middle East. Some are from Somalia and the Ethiopian race, but I am from the Gambia, West Africa, so it's a little bit different, you know. How do you find it then? Does it get lonely at times? Is it worth the sacrifice to leave your home in the Gambia to go to Sweden? Yeah, I, I see it as a dream. It's a, it's, a, it's a dream land that I have to come to Sweden and start my career here in Sweden. But everything is okay with me here in Sweden. I am always eager to become a professional football player, you know. What would you say are the main benefits then of playing football in Sweden? Yeah, I have um, better training here in Sweden. They have the materials, they um, uh, know how to train young players. And I have a home in Gambia, yeah. I have a home in Gambia. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your day when you work uh, at the football club and you train there. Yeah, I am training with their under-19 just now because their first team got some breaks uh, during the World Cup. I am training on the, with the under-19 to look forward to my um, first professional signings in around October or November. And Modu, if there were any other young 
players in the Gambia or in other African countries who are listening to this interview now and they would like to perhaps become a professional player in Europe. What advice would you give them from your experience so far? Okay, what I want to tell them is to train very hard, to believe that one day they all become professional footballers. But football in Africa and football in Europe, they are quite different. If you came here in Europe, it seems like you have never been playing football before because the training ways, the language-wise, are all different, you know. All right, so what do you think is the best thing about playing football in Sweden compared to playing in the Gambia? Yeah, Sweden is much more developed and they can play tactical much more than the Gambia. And finally, where do you see yourself playing in, say, 10 years' time? Do you hope to get a good deal perhaps for Manchester United or PSG? I would like to play for Manchester City under Pep Guardiola or FC Barcelona. These are some of my dream teams. And Paris Saint-Germain as well. I like their way of playing. I'm a forward player. And then uh, I copy Luis Suarez, I copy Neymar, and then even Kylian Mbappe as well. I copy some of their dribbling skills and their goal-scoring abilities. That's 19-year-old Gambian footballer Modu Lamine Marong speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard. And as I mentioned a few days ago, Modu signed professional terms with Swedish third division side John Sered IF. We did that interview just a few days before that news. Uh, so Solomon, what do you think about this? Uh, there are dangers of young African players being exploited, especially if you don't have an agent. But uh, if you have a dream, you need to pursue it wholeheartedly. And Lamine is certainly doing that. Yes, uh, Steve. I think over the years we've seen quite a lot of young African players being exploited in different clubs in Europe, exploited by you know, fake agents, exploited by their clubs, uh, signing deals, uh, in languages they don't understand or signing deals without really getting some sort of a legal translation. And and that is very sad. You know, I remember very well a young Nigerian player called Philip Osandu. Uh, he played for Nigeria, I think, in the 1987 on the 17th FIFA World Cup. And also the young player who was tipped to be the next Pele or Dati Lamti from Ghana, who played for Anderlecht. I remember so well that they had long-time contracts with their teams and been, just being exploited because of the lack of agents. An agent, the advantage of an agent is it gives you focus, helps you to negotiate contract, understand the legal side of things, you know, understand expectations. And some agents even act as, uh, as, as the parent or the uncle of these young players that go up to Europe. But it's great to hear Lamine saying what he said. And he's certainly somebody that is focused. And, you know, for him, he said Sweden is a stepping stone. And I totally agree with him. Uh, now that he has signed for a third division club in, in Sweden, and, and it's, it's definitely something that he would focus on and try to improve on and, and really beat his time to going into one of the stronger leagues. Let's hope so. And it's interesting to hear how emphatic Lamine is in saying that the standard of football is on another level in Europe. The play, the tactics and the training. So it's good for his game. You know, the standard of football would be definitely be on another level for him. It's a, for a young player who is looking to improve his 
complete approach as a footballer to improve to get better he's definitely going to see the play differently the tactics differently and the training methods also very differently there is a scientific part of it a lot in in europe and you know for every player you know except you from maybe some of the stronger leagues like tunisia or morocco or egypt or south africa where you you have a, a very good balance when it comes to tactics and training and exposure and also the interaction between uh, you know that type of soccer and european soccer uh, we hope to see how he's going to progress in europe uh, now that he's gotten the club and start playing uh, and and we hope you know to see quite a lot of him in, in the near future he's definitely one for the future great approach for any young player and that's what i would advise any young player when you move to europe just focus know why you were there concentrate get the right people around you and the sky is the limit Thanks, Solomon, and we wish young Modu Lamine Marong all the best as he pursues his dream. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa to get the app. You can also listen to the show on our new look website, planetsport.tv. And we have other shows there. That's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast. And you can read interviews with various sports stars, including Christian Atchu, Patson Dacker, Collins Fye and Kaka. That's on our new look website, planetsport.tv. Well, now we turn to social media, and last week we reported on Manchester United's poor start to the season. Fans were disappointed with the 3-2 loss at Brighton, and then Monday's 3-0 home defeat to Tottenham added to the pressure being heaped on manager Jose Mourinho. So we asked, what do you think? Is it time for Mourinho to go, or will things work out? On Facebook first, Abli Osise in The Gambia is not impressed. His woeful third-year syndrome is definitely taking its toll again, says Abley. My respect and admiration for him has long gone since the aftermath of the loss to Sevilla in last year's Champions League. And the situation between him and Ed Woodward hasn't helped either, says Abley. And yes, that reference there is to the alleged breakdown in relationship between Mourinho and United's executive vice-chairman Ed Woodward. And Muya Komakoma in Zambia agrees, saying he must go. He came to destroy United. It's time to get Zidane in, says Muya. But Fabrice Sibefe in Cameroon says, In my humble opinion, Mourinho should stay. Fans are complaining about his defensive-minded tactics, and to a level I will agree, but then during the transfer window he requested for some key players to be brought in, but the board refused to give him what he wanted. Give him what he wants, and if he doesn't deliver, then sack him, says Fabrice. On to what's up, and Francisco Dodoma in Malawi says it's too early to make a decision. We can't judge him based on two or three matches. Of course, Mourinho's a good coach, and of course his attitude has demolished several players' morale. But let's hope that this time he will be more professional, says Francisco. Gabriel Chaponda, also in Malawi, says I think it's better to give him another chance. And Asiku Lawrence in Uganda agrees. In my opinion, Jose should be given time to build the team for this season, says Asiku. It's been just a few match days. I think it's too early to dream about his exit from United. 
Papa Juara in the Gambia says, I'm not sure that Mourinho can move the team forward. The idea of working with young players is not something that's within his mode of operation. He always wants to have the complete or big-name players at his disposal to implement his methods in playing more of the defensive than attacking football, says Papa. Now is the right time to fire him. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in the US and Gemo says Mourinho's playing style has never been attractive but I respect him as a winner. He has this record of falling out with clubs after a couple of years of management with the same side, says Gemo. Alfred Bezai in Malawi thinks that Mourinho's time is up. The lack of transfer activity in this window doesn't limit his title ambitions. After all, he bought players in the last transfer window. Let him go as he simply failed to live up to people's expectations, says Alfred. That's a good point because the expectations of United fans are so high. They did finish second in the Premier League last season, but that's not good enough for most. Mam Sambasala in the Gambia echoes that point, saying, I don't think Mourinho will make things work out. He's not having the best relationship with his players. Obviously, that will affect their performance. Just compare United with other teams like Man City. Mourinho should go, says Mam. We always welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp. And from the Gambia, here's Cherno Jallo. I'm not surprised by Manchester United's poor performance this season. I believe that Jose Mourinho lost everything during the preseason. I can vividly remember watching him in one of his press conferences after losing a preseason game. Mourinho lambasted Eddie Woodward and Co for not bringing him the players he requested during the transfer window. He was not happy with Manchester United's performance during the transfer window. That shows that Mourinho lost confidence in the squad. Mourinho is no longer the special one we used to know in Inter Milan or Chelsea. Mourinho lost the charisma and the wisdom to guide a team like Manchester United. I believe that if Manchester United want to progress further in this season, they need to, in short, fire him and hire another one. He is no longer the special one. He lost the charisma and confidence to guide a pool of players, I believe. Thanks there to Cherno Jallo. few other quicker comments on this one. Blessings Nirenda in Malawi says, This is the appropriate time for Mourinho to go. The team is not performing well and Zidane should replace him. Oms K. Baji in the Gambia says, I personally watch as a die-hard fan of Man United. In my opinion, the players are not willing to play for him. Mourinho is not a bad manager, but the management also need to honour his request and spend money for a strong squad, says Oms. Henry Wallison in Malawi feels the players are also responsible. If the team is not performing well, it's not only the coach who holds the problem. It can also be the players, says Henry. And finally, Almami Kamara in the Gambia says, I think it's time to get rid of both Mourinho and Ed Woodward. Uh, well, Stuart, the 3-0 home defeat to Tottenham on Monday made things worse. Uh, three points only from three games, with the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool sitting on nine points. It was the manner of the defeat that was catastrophic. Manchester United were the better team for the first 50 minutes, but then conceded two goals in two minutes. And that is now six goals in the last two games they have conceded. Away to Brighton, United's two central defenders were Victor Lindelof and Eric Bailly from Ivory Coast. But Mourinho was very critical of them and he dropped Bailly completely and put Lindelof on the bench for the Tottenham game 
playing a back three of Chris Smalling and Phil Jones alongside Anders Herrera, a midfield player in a back three. But it was a shambles. And of course, this is all against the backdrop of persistent rumours that Mourinho wanted to sign Harry Maguire and Toby Alderwilder from Tottenham, and that the CEO, Ed Woodward, vetoed the deals uh, because he felt the price was too high. That leaves us with the question of whether Mourinho can turn it round. But one thing is for sure, you won't win much if you concede three goals every week. I was interested in Abli Sisse in the Gambas comments on Facebook. He said, my respect and admiration for Mourinho has long gone. Now, the word respect was interesting because in his press conference after the Tottenham defeat, Mourinho berated the press for not respecting him, saying that he had won the Premier League three times The other 19 managers between them had won it twice, so therefore he deserved more respect from the press. And then he walked out. I tend to agree with Fabrice in Cameroon, in part, that it is hard to blame Mourinho if he was not allowed to buy the players he wanted in the transfer window. But you have to say that Lindelof and Bailly are players that he bought and has now lost confidence in. Pogba was bought by Mourinho, and he has been a disappointment. And Muya Komakoma in Zambia says it's time to get Zinedine Zidane in, but he would be a real risk never having managed in England. Papa Juara in the Gambia makes an important point that Mourinho doesn't develop young players, and I tend to agree with that, because look at Marcus Riceford and how much he has achieved at the age of 20, Yet, in a game against Tottenham, where United couldn't score, Rashford was an unused sub sitting on the bench. Time will tell, but Jose Mourinho has got to turn things around pretty quickly. Yes, absolutely. And finally for this week's show, Stuart, one player we've talked about a lot over the years on the programme, Yannick Balassi, the DR Congo winger, is clearly not wanted at Everton and has been loaned to championship side Aston Villa for the season. He's 29. Is Balassi's career on a downward spiral now? His professional football life started in Malta, a small island in the Mediterranean. In 2008, he got his move to England, not to Manchester United, but to Plymouth Argyle, from where he went on loan and played for three other clubs in the lower divisions before getting a move to Crystal Palace in 2012. He had four seasons with Palace, playing 133 league games and scoring 12 goals. He was then transferred to Everton, where he made a good start before seriously injuring his cruciate knee ligament and was then out for a year. By the time he returned to fitness, the manager who had signed him had gone, the style of play had changed. In fact, Balassi has been an Everton player for just over two seasons and has played under three managers. The current manager, Marco Silva, inevitably wants to bring in his own players. So when the chance came to move on loan to Aston Villa, Balassi was keen to do it for two reasons. The prospect of playing more than at Everton, and also his family didn't actually move to Liverpool uh, when he signed for Everton, 
and playing for a club further south means he's nearer to the family. He's a player I have a lot of time for. He worked really hard to convince people of his ability, taking several years to get into the Premier League. And having proved himself at Palace, he got his move to a big club in Everton, only to get injured after a few months. That he did not really succeed at Everton is very little to do with him, having had the serious injury, and then finding a completely different formation and different coaches when he returned. Aston Villa is a club with a real Premier League setup and very keen to get back into the top division, so I see this as a real opportunity for Balassi to kickstart his career again. Right, so it could work out well then for Yannick Balassi. Thanks, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. Uh, but on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're going to send a question the way of Liverpool fans. Uh, do you think that this is Liverpool's season? Uh, the Reds haven't won the English Premier League since 1990, but with the likes of Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane and with three wins from the first three games, they look like maybe they could challenge Man City for the title this season. So could the Reds do it? Uh, let us know what you think on Facebook, our page Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers, currently in Swansea in the UK. From Stuart Weir, also in the UK, and from Solomon Ashams in South Africa. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production. <laughs>